Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Yes, indeed it is. And hour number two is underway at nine minutes past 10 o'clock on this Wednesday, the 17th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2021. It is also Ash Wednesday for Catholics, a very holy day, the beginning of the Lenten season. So we certainly want to mark that and wish everyone well as they try to uh, find a way to become better and closer to God over the next 40 days by sacrificing something, by pledging something. It's obviously a very important time, so we wish everyone the very best on that journey. I uh, want to get uh, right into this now. We have been talking for, well, since long before Joe Biden was handed the election, uh, about his pro and the progressive left's pro-transgender agenda, the attempted normalization of that which is abnormal, and that is not said to be insulting. It just means it is not it is not within the the boundaries of of norms. There are males and there are females. People who are confused about which one that they are psychologically are indeed confused psychologically. Normalizing that is the trans agenda, and stripping other people who are truly scientific about this. They are the ones who are having their rights stripped away from them. And uh, there was a great article, a really, really eye-opening article from a 48-year-old female who has transitioned to male. And it ran in far-left Newsweek magazine. The headline, We Need Balance When It Comes to Gender Dysphoric Kids, I would know this man or this woman who transitioned into a man and actually had the uh, surgery is extraordinarily regretful and is uh, sounding an alarm, telling people do not let your children do this and do not push them into it because it's trendy. Well, there have been a great number of things written and spoken by Dr. Albert Moeller about the trans uh, issues and the trans agenda. So we asked Dr. Moeller, a theologian, an ordained minister, a columnist, a commentator, and a best-selling author, and the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, to join us on AM 1420, The Answer, to discuss it, and he was kind enough to do so. Dr. Moeller, good morning. Good to have you. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Bob. Good to be with you, as always. Dr. Moeller, um, I don't know if you had a chance to read the article in question uh, from Newsweek, but I'm going to give you a very brief thumbnail sketch of it. This is a female who had the surgery to, uh, to transition into a male um, and describes the suffering that she endured, having undergone seven surgeries, a pulmonary embolism, an induced stress heart attack, sepsis, a 17-month recurring infection, 16 rounds of antibiotics, three weeks of daily IV antibiotics, arm reconstructive surgery, lung, heart, and bladder damage, insomnia, hallucinations, it goes on, PTSD, a million dollars in medical expenses, and the loss of home, car, career, and marriage. All this, and yet I cannot see the surgeon as being responsible. It is indeed those who encouraged her to do this that are responsible. So, Dr. Moeller, this is indeed um, a crisis because children are being encouraged to express their transgenderism in record numbers, oftentimes by their teachers and certainly by their parents. How dangerous is this for children, Dr. Moeller? Well, you know, it's it's deadly dangerous for anyone but for children particularly dangerous because the consequences are more long-lasting and we also know that a very significant number of people who begin to transition that's what the the word of the uh, of the day here uh decide later that they were comfortable with their birth gender that's particularly true of adolescents and so what we're looking at here is uh is not only a revolt against god's order 
it's, it's also something that is directly harmful to what will amount to hundreds of thousands of people in this country. And, you know, this article also makes the point that there's a profit motive here and uh, that you're, you're looking yes. at, at a, a medical industrial complex that has a growth opportunity in these uh, gender reassignment or gender correction surgeries, to use their uh, politically correct uh, parlance. But, you know, about, there's just deeper issues here from a Christian perspective, from, from a biblical perspective, and uh, I, I hope to get people to those even more basic issues. That is a very important part of this. Just let me follow up on the uh, on the sure. profit margin part of this. The medical industrial complex complex, I think that's well stated, makes money not just on obviously the uh, the procedures, you know, the transition surgeries, but also the pharmaceutical companies bank on the uh, promotion and the and the uh, uh, prescription of these hormone blockers, these you know puberty de- uh, uh, delaying drugs, and all of these kinds of things. Again, we don't allow children uh, under eighteen to cast a vote. We don't allow them to make this, to, to hold a firearm. We don't allow them to serve in the military. We don't allow them to sign into contracts because they're emotionally and mentally too immature to make very important decisions like that. Yet we are allowing them pre-puberty to decide that their body is wrong. The science, their anatomical, physiological, and biological science is wrong because their mind tells them so. And we allow them to make that decision. That is the, that is the part of this that I think is the most appalling. Well, of course it is. And parents are being shamed for not celebrating and encouraging their children to do this. You know, uh, I can remember years ago on Oprah, you know, she brought on a couple with a seven-year-old child that uh, was supposedly, uh, you've heard the language, in the wrong body. And and when the parents, mm-hmm. especially the dad, was reluctant, uh, he was publicly shamed. And uh, That's he, right. he turns out to be the one with common sense and, and biblical sense. And then you may know of the recent case uh, just in the last couple of years in Canada where a father refused to give permission and has been cut off from contact with his child by Canadian judicial authorities because of this. Uh, This is an exercise in what can only be described as mass cultural delusion. We, We are being told something that isn't true, and yet we're being told that if you don't go along with it, you're going to be on the wrong side of history, you're going to do human harm, uh, you are to be shamed, and if necessary, you are to be robbed of uh, even the uh, parental privileges of your children. The worst part about that Canadian story you just referenced, Dr. Moeller, if I'm remembering it correctly, is that this, this wasn't a child and mother unification where they were like both, yes, this is what I am, and I want to do this, and dad slash husband, you have no idea what I want. This is what I really want. The child was very, very apprehensive. The child, according to the father, was only going along to make mom happy. And, and that's the real danger here. Children in a, in a desire to please their parents. Uh, yes, if mom, I'm a boy, but if you say I'm a girl because I once picked up a Barbie doll and you want me to wear dresses, okay, I guess. The child is being forced into this sometimes by delusional parents who think that they're being woke and they're being, you know, uh, enlightened is, is the right way to raise their child. Well, absolutely. You have an entire culture. And not only that, at the <clears throat> peer pressure level, children and teenagers are, you know, who may not be getting enough attention or, or peer interest, the moment they declare themselves to be trans, well, they become the celebrity of the moment. And, uh, you know, that we can, we can understand how, you know, in the fragility of adolescence, that can be a very, very dangerous thing. I, I want to go back, if you'll allow me, to the, to the financial incentive for a moment. Certainly. One of the untold stories of the moral revolution is how in the, the 1970s, the American Psychological Association and the American Psychiatric Association, you know, did a 180 on their position on homosexuality. But, you know, 
that was driven, at least in part, by the opportunity to have more insurance codes for medical treatment reimbursement. Money is always there. And, and in this case, you have an entire growth opportunity for forms of, uh, of surgery. And, uh, you know, and, and I guarantee you, they all would outcome with the appropriate insurance reimbursement codes. That, those reimbursement codes turn out to be a sign of a, a moral conspiracy uh, because now it's a, it's a growth opportunity for hospitals and for, uh, for entire medical staff. That is a very, very great point. I want to I, I want to transition. Well, that's a terrible transition choice of words. I want to segue now into the faith side of this, Dr. Moeller. Obviously, you are a person of great faith. Um, and as a minister, how do you feel about this from a God perspective? Because to suggest that millions and, and kind of that's what's being pushed now so that this grows and people are kind of peer pressured into or parental pressured into doing these things, that millions of people are in the wrong bodies is to say that God screwed up is to say that God gave someone a male body, but a, but a female mind or vice versa. And he really kind of doesn't know what he's doing. And maybe it's evidence that it isn't a God thing after all. This is just nature doing what nature does. That I, I think there is an attack here on faith uh, that is also a part of this agenda. Well, if you undo the creation, you're undoing the creator. That's the theological principle. And so a, a rebellion against the creation is a rebellion against the Creator, because God made the cosmos, the entire cosmos, planet Earth. He made our, our habitation. He made us for His glory. Not only that, according to Scripture, you know, he, he said, this is good. And when He created human beings, this is very good. This is what He intended. And so every act of, of, of trying to supposedly change gender is, first of all, doomed to fail, and secondly, it is an act of rebellion trying to undo creation. Now, when I say it's, it's doomed to fail, you know, uh, we are basically constructed, male and female, as uh, XX and XY chromosomal structures. Mm-hmm. No surgery can undo that. It's in every single atom and molecule of our bodies. It's in every cell. And, and not only that, but that XX and XY pattern is not just about, you know, external uh, organs that are visible. It's about an entire physiological anatomical structure. It all fits together. And not only that, according to the Scripture and the biblical theology, it has a purpose. There's a purpose in the female body. There's a purpose in the male body. And uh, the, the whole lie of the transgender uh, supposed you know, transition is that it's, it's hard not to speak crudely here, but you, know, you take certain parts off and then create plastic you know, uh, evidence mm-hmm. of other parts. But the fact is, you can't change the genetic structure. Uh, and, and so only people who are male have a prostate. Now, you can change that in the government nomenclature and say people with a prostate. But guess what? That's a man. And uh, that XY chromosome and that prostate problem are going to follow every single man throughout history, regardless of whether or not uh, that man declares himself to be a woman. Uh, There's, uh... In other words, you really can't undo creation. There's another example of that in the, in the UK. I saw this story a few days ago. Um, I think it's just one UK hospital for now, but they are changing the vernacular, uh, of, of women breastfeeding. Uh, mothers breastfeeding their children are no longer going to be called breastfeeders. They are chest feeders to allow those who are right. not female, those who are non-binary or whatever. But if you are a chest feeder or 
someone who gives birth, you are feeding from your chest, not breast, because that connotes female. So, so that and language that's just, showed up in the New York Times this morning. Did it? Yeah, there Same you go. Same kind that's, of language. Yeah. I want to. I want to hit one last point on this, Doctor Mullen. I really appreciate your time, uh, and I want to talk about the agenda of the new um, governmental administration, the presidential administration. This is what Jen Psaki, the spokesperson for Joe Biden, said last week about um, transgender individuals being allowed to participate in sports um, to the detriment of actual girls. This is what Psaki said. I would just say that the president's belief is that uh, trans rights are human rights, and that's why he signed that executive. Order, uh, and in terms of the determinations by universities and colleges, I certainly defer to them. So, trans rights are human rights, and the the idea here is to paint the um, allowance of individuals who are biological males to portray themselves as females to participate and compete in girls' sports is is providing them with quote their rights. They never speak, Doctor Moeller, of the rights that are being denied the actual females who are now at a competitive disadvantage, and yes, can cost them tens of thousands of dollars and scholarship opportunities, or even just opportunities to go to college because of that. What about their rights? Why is it only the trans rights, the psychologically confused rights, are the only ones that matter? Because with this uh, ideology of intersectionality and and with the the way moral revolutions work, it's always the transgressive edge that, uh, that has to demand the revolutionary change, and everyone behind it, which includes the feminists in this case, uh, supposedly have to give way. You know, the fundamental right of a girl is to be a girl. And uh, so it's, it's, I, I, you're right about the scholarship money and the trophies and all the rest, but the most important thing is feminists understood the right of a girl to be a girl, and, and that's actually what now is, is being undermined. And, and so the, the trans revolution, and it, it's frankly pathetic to see someone like Joe Biden who, who belongs to a church that teaches the opposite when it comes to, to God's creation order, to what he's now saying. The reality is to get elected he had to play to the far left, and yet it looks like he's doing this with some level of uh, convincing himself that it's right. But the trans rights logic is like an acid that will dissolve everything. And uh, and by the way, they can't deli- this, this article to which you've directed us today, it just reminds us, it can't deliver on its promises. It can't, because you cannot try to unravel creation and uh, end up with something better than creation. It's going to end up with something horrifyingly worse. And as you said very, very well and articulate, uh, that uh, if you do try to undo the creation, you do by by necessary extension, you undo the creator. And that is uh, that is an extraordinary problem in and of itself. Dr. Albert Moeller, I really appreciate you lending your wisdom on these matters to us. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Always great to be with you. God bless you. Thank you. That's Dr. Albert Moeller again. He's a theologian, he's a minister, and he's a best-selling author, president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary as well. Um, I found that powerful. I found his... In fact, let me steer you there as we head into this break. There's a lot of great speeches that Dr. Moeller has made and articles that he has written on this subject at his website, uh, which is uh, albertmoeller.com. Albertmoeller, M-O-H-L-E-R.com. Check that out, and we'll be right back.
Okay, 1028, let's get a call or two in here before the bottom of the hour. Really great guests, as I told you that I had. Uh, Leo Holman joined us last hour, just finished with Dr. Albert Moeller on some very important issues. I may, or you may, hear one or both of them again tonight as I host the Larry Elder Show. By the way, hosting the Larry Elder Show uh, necessitates the the uh, postponement of our CFFS, Citizens for Free Speech, Ohio webinar. We were scheduled tonight with Peter Kersenow at 7.30 p.m. to do our webinar for Citizens for Free Speech. We have bumped that one week. Next Wednesday, the 24th, also at 7.30, we will have our Citizens for Free Speech, Ohio webinar, and Peter Kersenow will again be our guest presenter. If you have not yet registered for that, in fact... If you have not yet registered um, as a member of CFFS, Citizens for Free Speech, please do so at citizensforfreespeech.org uh, forward slash Ohio. If you can, just go ahead and go on there, enter your information. It is not going to be sold. It is completely private, obviously. We are, a belie- we are believers in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, including the right to privacy. Um, and especially the First Amendment, which is uh, what we're all about. But uh, please become a member of Citizens for Free Speech at citizensforfreespeech.org slash Ohio. Register for the organization, then register for the webinar, which will be one week from tonight, the 24th, at 7.30 p.m., and Peter Kersenow will be our guest presenter. As I noted, we had to bump things because I am going to be hosting for Larry Elder tonight. All right, I said I was going to get calls, but I would rather get that information out to you before the news. We'll get to those calls next on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 10.35. We continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. I want to get to phone calls, but I also have another story to share with you. I'll get a couple of calls first. First, and then uh, you're not going to like it when I tell you the next story. Um, particularly if you're a Buckeye. If you are a Buckeye alum, an Ohio State graduate, or just a fan of the amazing Buckeye football team and basketball team, which is, by the way, pretty amazing. They're Basketball team is top five. They're going to be a number one seed in the tournament. It's all great if you're an Ohio State fan. But um, trust me when I tell you, you're not going to like this story at all. Because the Ohio State University has become the woke university. And it is devastating what I'm about to share with you. First, though, we'll get a few phone calls as promised. These folks have been on hold for a while now. BJ in North Olmstead, you're up. BJ, go right ahead. Thank you, Bob. I'd like to quote a story from the past. When Moses came down with the Ten Rules and Regulations and saw the behavior of the people, he said, to hell with it. They're never going to follow these. And he smashed them. Well, in January, when there was the new Twitter party... BJ, hey, BJ, I've got to interrupt. We have a terrible connection. It's garbled and staticky. I'm going to ask you to hang up, call right back. We'll put you right back up after I talk to John in your absence. I'll take this next call. We'll come right back to BJ, but it's a very bad connection there. Let's see if we can make this better. All right. John and Chardon, you're up. John, go right ahead. Yeah, Bob. Um, Question about the vaccine and you. Have you taken it? And if not, do you plan to take it? And if not, why not? Uh, first of all, I've already had the virus, uh, so I would not take it for that reason. I've already got the antibodies. If uh, injecting the vaccine puts dead cells of the uh, of the vaccine into you so that your body can then generate antibodies to fight off an active infection, well, I've already had the live cells in me, so I already have the antibodies. Having said that, even if I did not, no, I would not be taking this vaccine. 
Uh, I do not want to judge anyone who does, and in fact, I encourage people who do to go to their discount drug mart and register to take it when their turn comes up in the phase. But no, uh, it is not for me. Uh, it has not been tested long term for, you know, a, a period of, of 18 to 24 months to see what any long term effects might be. And quite frankly, when something has a 99% recovery rate for, uh, for people who do get infected with it, um, I don't think it's worth the risk. That's just my personal opinion. And I support everybody who wants to get one from having their own personal opinions. Makes sense to me, Bob. I've never heard, and thank you, John, for the call, and thanks for that affirmation at the end. I have yet to hear, I'm not a doctor, don't want to play one either on the radio, but I haven't heard anybody explain that to me. Why are they not telling anybody who has already had the virus, you have no need for the vaccine? They're telling everybody to get it anyway, and I find that troubling. Because if the vaccine is made up of dead cells of the coronavirus, just like when you get the flu shot, they're giving you dead cells of the current strain that they think is going to be the most prevalent during any given flu season. Now, they can't prove that's going to be the one that gets you. That's why it's not you know, very highly effective for a lot of people. But <clears throat> the goal of a vaccine is to inject some of the virus, dead cells of the virus, into your body. So your body. Your immune system can see those things and attack it and say, okay, I've got to protect this, this host body. Um, I'm going to create the antibodies to fight off those uh, viral cells that have been injected into me. Right? So if that's the goal of a vaccine is to inject that dead cell into you so that your body produces the antibodies to fight that infection off, what if I've already had the live cells? I've already had it. Every member of my family has had it. And guess what? I believe that my body, fighting off those live viral cells, probably created more antibodies than I would create if I was just getting the vaccine. So if they're saying that the vaccine will protect you from getting coronavirus, then having had coronavirus will protect me from getting this novel coronavirus. And no doctor that I've heard yet has been able to explain otherwise. All right, is BJ back? BJ is back. Let's see if he has a better connection now. BJ, go right ahead. Let's try again. Thank you, Bob. Uh, I want to quote oh, something. Uh, go ahead. I said it's way uh, better. Thank you. When uh, Moses came down from the mountain with ten rules and regulations and saw the behavior of the public, he said, "The hell with it. They're not going to follow him, and he smashed them. Well, recently we had something happen in January because they put a wall around the Capitol building. Why they put the wall around? They want to say because the marchers that Trump supposedly sent out there were dangerous. That's just the beginning. For them to keep troops, our government to keep troops around our Capitol buildings shows that they have fear for what they're going to be doing in the future and attempt to do the American people. And this is an awakening period. It is a spiritual period. I'm not talking of religion. It's just a spiritual period. And people are waking up to it, and there are going to be more marches on what they're doing. It's disastrous what the, the Republicans have allowed and their weakness, and it's, it's disastrous what the former Democrats have allowed to happen to the socialism. They're going after the Constitution, and they're going after the Bill of Rights. That's like destroying the Ten Commandments. You have to really be aware of it. This is going to be a very hot year. Last year was nothing compared to what's coming up this year, because this time the people are going to say, we're not taking government crap anymore, and good for you for not taking the shots and wearing the mask. We're starting to look like a bunch of Muslims out there, and God bless the Muslims for wearing them. Thank you, Bob. 
All right, BJ, thank you for the phone call. I'm going to uh, just focus on the first part of that call. You're right. Um, the the existence of those fences and those that razor wire and armed guards at all points along the new wall that surrounds um, the federal government in D.C., the hypocrisy should not be lost on anybody. We need to keep dangerous people out and away from our elected elites. So we're going to build a wall because walls keep dangerous people out, right? While removing the national emergency order put in place by the previous president that allowed us to build a wall at our southern border to keep dangerous people out. Now, what I would ask Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, who are responsible for this atrocity, this this fence with razor wire and armed guards around uh, the Capitol and the White House, what I would ask them is, are you saying that every American who wants to go on the Capitol or the White House grounds is a, is a killer? Is a terrorist? No? Well, you accused us of saying everybody who wants to come into the United States by way of the southern border is a rapist and is a terrorist and is a child trafficker and a drug cartel member and a gang member. This is what they accuse us of when they say no wall on the southern border. There are decent people who are just trying to come and get a better life. Well, guess what? There are decent people that want to go visit the Capitol. But you won't let them in. You had razor wire and a wall and armed guards stopping them from coming in. The hypocrisy here is so thick. It's just, it's, it's, it's hard to comprehend, really. So they've got their wall. And the reason they say is, well, look what happened on January 6th. Well, that wall was put in place to protect the inauguration on January 20th. This is now February 17th. That wall is still there. It is still guarded, and it is still going to be there, I believe, this summer. And it's going to be there this fall, because I think BJ is right. I think some of the things that Biden is planning, including the story that I did not get to this morning about an executive order on gun control, I think they're going to do some things that are going to lead to outrage and fear and panic among the populace who are literally watching their freedoms and their great republic and the Constitution torn apart right in front of their eyes. I think BJ's right. There are going to be more marches. There are going to be more protests. There are going to be people who are going to rebel on behalf of their country, not on behalf of domestic terrorism, not on behalf of white supremacy, not on behalf of MAGA, not on behalf of anything other than our Constitution is being shredded. Goodbye, First Amendment. That's already gone. Goodbye, Second Amendment. Could be the next step. Jen Psaki, the president's spokesperson, was asked about this. And she said the president has a range of options at his disposal. He has not ruled out either of the options. Those options being legislation and executive order. So they have not ruled out executive order banning certain types of guns. They're already pushing for this registry in which you would have to declare your name, your location, the number of guns you have, the amount of guns you have, and where they're stored, which of course would be very convenient when they start going door to door to confiscate them and disarm the population. If you think this is all conspiracy theory and QAnon stuff and everything else, I'm sorry. I really am. I feel sorry for you, for your abject blindness. This is how it has been done in authoritative, 
totalitarian regimes across the world throughout history, or at least since firearms became uh, a thing. This is what is done, the disarming of the people so that no one can fight back against any oppressive um, laws or mandates that might be given from on high. So if you don't think that that's one of the reasons they still have that fence and those armed guards around the White House and around the Capitol, well, again, I think you're just being willfully blind. All right, TJ in Cleveland next. Hi, TJ, go ahead. Yeah, hello, Bob. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, nobody's talking about this, but, you know, Biden's executive order wiped out Trump's executive order on lowering drug prices to American people. Now, I know a person that's a diabetic. Hundreds of dollars a month for uh, the medicine. It was lowered drastically, I mean drastically, under Trump. Now it's back up again. Uh, The price of pharmaceuticals are skyrocketing again with this potato in the White House. Another one nobody's talking about is gas prices. They're on the rise, aren't they? And they're going to keep rising. But we don't hear anything about it. I mean, the damage this guy has already done just in the last few weeks it's just unimaginable. And anybody that needs insulin, and there's a lot of libtards out there that leave, uh, need insulin, I wonder how they like what their bill is looking like every month now under this guy. I mean, this is something that we ought to be talking about and monitoring a lot closer than we are. That yeah, and it is an issue that yeah, it is it is an issue for millions of and thank you for the call, TJ. For millions of Americans, it is something that we will talk about uh, going forward. Not part really of today's uh, topics of discussion. So I do want to move on to Steve and Collinwood next. Uh, Steve, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Yeah, you you've already had the uh, the uh, uh, coronavirus uh, infection, right? Yes. So you're still you so you're still prone. You could still get it. I don't believe that. If you, no, well, you could get a variant. You just would have a very light case because you, you have immunity to it. But it's not totally immunity because the virus is smart. It, it, it mutates. So even with even with the vaccine, uh, you can still get it afterwards. But it'll be you may not you know it'll be a very very light case. But the whole thing is is uh, it's the the vaccine itself is a piece of RNA. That you know to uh, make your immune system recognize the spike. It's the spike in the in the, in the thing that that is. Uh, it presses on the protein that sits on that's the what, outside. Yeah, that's of what the, triggers. That's what triggers the creation of the antibodies. I know. I get it. My point is, if the if the vaccine, which is that intended to increase that spike, and you're right, your your explanation is good. If the vaccine, which again uses dead cells of the virus to trigger the creation of those antibodies, then those who have had the live uh, cells by having the actual uh, 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 infection are going to have created much stronger and many more of those antibodies. And I believe they have not yet proven at all, and thank you for the call, Steve, that uh, that uh, people who have had the virus can get it again. They're saying that because I believe this is all a part of the control, which is why they're telling you, once you get the, uh, the vaccination or have the virus, you still have to mask up. You still have to stay locked down. You still have to keep your distance. You still can't be trusted in schools. You still can't walk by somebody in a restaurant without having a mask on. All of the people control, which is what I believe they're using this coronavirus to do. They are practicing people control. That's it. 
full-on government control of private behavior is what is at stake here. And for them to say, uh, well, once you get it, we can't control these people anymore because now they're immune, would, they would lose that control. So that's why they're saying, you know, you can get it again. There's a new variance. There's a new strain. You could still get it again. We still must have you under lock and key. We still must have you strapping that, that diaper to your face. You can't breathe near other people. You can't see other people smile. You can't hear other people's speech because it's muffled by this trash. I believe this is all about personal population control. It is not about science. And I'm sorry. I'm not saying there aren't people getting it and dying from it because obviously there are. I'm not saying there aren't people getting it and getting sick from it. Obviously, there are. I was one of them. But they are not going to convince me that you have to take a needle filled with a dead virus in order to build the antibodies to make you immune from it. But tell me that my live virus didn't build the antibodies times 10 to make sure that I could fight it off if it ever came back again. Not doing it. Not buying it. Save that argument for somebody else. You want to control them. You're not going to control me over this. It's not right. Let me get a quick time out, then I'll come back with that story. If you're a Buckeye fan, that you're not going to want to hear on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, uh... Let's go ahead and set the mood here. Let's kill that music and let's uh, let's have this music and let's let our uh, let's let our Ohio State fans get fired up. Buckeye graduates have to love this. Doesn't it just make you want to go to the horseshoe and watch a game? Go down and watch one of the top-ranked Ohio State Buckeye games. Top five ranked. Talking about the basketball team. We all love Ohio State. We're proud of Ohio State. We cheer for Ohio State. People fly Ohio State flags in their yards. Moreover, we pay for Ohio State. It's not a private university. It's a state university. That means it's funded by your tax dollars. And as such, I think you should be well aware that the Ohio State University, our famous university, is selling freshman teenagers into into prostituting themselves. I'm not saying that hyperbolically. Ohio State University is encouraging precocious teenage freshman girls to use an app called OnlyFans and sell pornographic images and videos of, of themselves as part of their annual Sex Week event. Starting an OnlyFans? Join us for a panel with OnlyFans content creators to discuss their experiences and destigmatizing digital sex work. On that demon time, she might start an OnlyFans Big B, and that B stands for bands. It doesn't. Cue Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce. End quote. That's a description of the Zoom conference, which is one of many conferences being offered as part of Ohio State's Sex Week. What is Sex Week at The Ohio State University? What is Sex Week at the publicly funded, your taxpayer dollar funded Ohio State University? Here are some, some examples. <clears throat> it started on Monday. 
They offered conferences on body sense with sex, dating 101, finding the perfect partner. That's, that's pretty, actually, pretty benign. There's nothing wrong with that one. Uh, also on Monday, they had That's Toxic, a talk on healthy versus toxic masculinity. That's still probably okay. It's, you know, it's again, it's advancing that toxic masculinity thing we talked about with Leo Holman, but whatever. Then on Tuesday, we ramp it up a little bit. Kiss me through the phone yesterday. Kiss me through the phone. Cyber sex during COVID-19. Also on Tuesday, no, correction, this was Monday also. Beyond the gender binary with Alec. This encourages people to experiment sexually with people who are, well, the same sex, but don't know it or prefer to say I'm not really any sex. I am non-binary. Also on Monday, the policy on our bodies. A panel on current legislation. You know what this is about. NARAL runs it. Planned Parenthood. This is in a pro-abortion uh, conference. Then on Tuesday, yesterday, they work hard for their money. Sex work with Dr. Tila Sanders. Let's teach Ohio State students to engage in sex for money. Promoting prostitution during Ohio State Sex Week. Also on Tuesday, you can attend the conference of Holy Sexuality, envisioning inclusive sex ed in faith settings. In other words, bringing the LGBTQXYZ agenda into faith and telling people if you are a person of faith, a Christian, a Catholic, whatever, that you should engage in same-sex lifestyles. Also on, uh, let's see, today, today, tonight, 6 p.m., you can attend, if you're an Ohio State student, Abortions Explained Plainly, a panel of professionals. Also tonight at 7, Life's a Drag, Conversations with the Drag Community. On the 18th, tomorrow, you can do Decolonizing Porn, Why We Need Ethical Production, with Sally Fineau for Erica Lust Films. Also tomorrow, Go Crazy for Gonads, a reproductive anatomy presentation. Well, at least they might be trying to explain science there. Uh, Let's see, what else? Smashing the Stigma on Sex is a Friday conference. Uh, Kink 101, that's a gem for Friday at 7.30. Have you been hearing about kink and BDSM? BDSM stands for um, bondage. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I've read this. Bondage, I think it's bondage and domination. I, I can't swear. It's something like that. But it's kink 101. It says it enough for you. Then there's, uh, let's see, vanilla sex but with toppings, a conversation on alternative pleasures. Etc., etc. I'll stop there. Understand, this is all publicly funded. This is at the Ohio State University during the Ohio State University's sex week. Going on right now. So if you have a female, a daughter, or a granddaughter attending school at Ohio State, be aware that they are being encouraged, not offered, but encouraged to engage in some of the most vile, depraved acts that one can think of. And they should do so, and can do so, for money. I don't think I'm going to hit that fight song again on the way out. But that is the Ohio State University. Take that as you will, and do with it what you will. I'm going to take some time off now, but I'll be back tonight, live hosting the Larry Elder Show. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.